Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Ring, ring. Hey, now you're doing the fake ring. I used to do that. How's it going, Catherine? I'm, um, stealing all your bad jokes. Mm. <laughs> Uh, we need all the jokes we can get. Maybe the longer I'm in this apartment all by myself, your jokes seem funnier yeah. and funnier. Yeah. What's at the top of your mind? Well, just last night, the president stood in front of this graph at the almost daily coronavirus briefing, and it had the curves on it, mm-hmm. and it had the numbers that we've been talking about. But the the curve unbent was 1.5 to 2.2 million American deaths. And the curve flattened was 100,000 to 200,000 plus. And that's if everything is, all the shutdowns and distancing are, are done really thoroughly and well executed. Mm-hmm. And that image of Trump in front of that was the first time I've seen. I mean, that's like an indelible image. Mm-hmm. That's on my mind that now we're talking frankly about the possibility that we're saving 2 million lives through all the shutdowns and everything. Also, the UN said in a new report that COVID-19 is, quote, the greatest test that we have faced together since the formation of the United Nations. It's a big statement. So the U.S. is now leading the world in cases and, and soon will be leading in number of deaths. And it seems clear that our failures all, almost all, center around testing and are, are being so slow to test and to get a handle on how big this problem is. Right. So we're lucky at the Atlantic to have colleagues who are on it <laughs> and who are able to be covering this and also looking at what's going on in the rest of government while this is happening. So today we're talking to Rob. Rob Meyer, really, really smart uh, environmental reporter. He's as good as they get. I'll tell you what. <laughs> And we disagree as to the existence of climate change. Um, But otherwise, I think he's real top-notch. That's a joke. That's a gym joke. So let's call call Rob. He's been reporting on both the text and the subtext of this situation in government. Both the numbers, uh, testing, and also kind of what's going on on the sidelines in government while everyone is um, rightly panicking. No one's supposed to panic. Panic is by definition an unproductive emotion. What are you, a doctor? <sighs> yeah, yeah, I am. Hey, Rob. Hey. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Um, you've done so, uh, so much great reporting here, it's hard to know uh, where to start. But um, most recently, looking into this website, which... President Trump was was on stage and he said that he would have a new website where people could go to look up symptoms and find testing sites and that Google was helping with that. Uh, yeah. So on March 13th in the Rose Garden of the White House, the president, he was kind of surrounded by CEOs and made a number of announcements about the coronavirus. And one of them was that they were going to be rolling out drive-through testing sites across the country, and you would be able to get swabbed. 
without ever leaving your car and that these might be coming to Walmart or some commercial pharmacies. And then right after that, he made another promise, which was that Google was helping to develop a website that would walk you through your symptoms if you were sick or your risk factors and then direct you to a nearby site where it you could great. conveniently be tested. It sounds great. Yeah, he said he said Google had 1,700 engineers working on this. I, I'm now remembering that day, that press conference, and I remember thinking, okay, this is weird that there are all these CEOs up there. It's an odd way to roll out a public health initiative, but I remember feeling reassured that there was a plan. Was there a plan? <laughs> Google, in a matter of hours, communicated to the press um, that it was not really working on such a website, uh, that it wasn't really sure what the president was talking about. And in any case, it definitely didn't have 1,700 engineers on the issue. Yeah. Um, it turned out that a Google, basically like a subsidiary of Google's parent company, Alphabet, had kind of discussed with the White House working on a similar type of site, uh, but it hadn't gone very far. And that site was really only ever meant to cater to people in the Bay Area. Okay. That, that site was sort of being made by Alphabet, but then there were other people working on a site a, a, as well. Who was that? Yeah. So I'm going to say exactly what I know. Um, and and I think then it's say, important. A, say a little bit more too. <laughs> so... What we know is that when the president describes the site that he says Google's making, that's going to ask you about your symptoms and your risk factors and direct you to a testing site. There was already a site like that made by Oscar. Oscar is a health insurance company that has a very techie background. They seem to kind of operate like a startup and they were co-founded by Josh Kushner, who's the brother of Jared Kushner, who's the president's son-in-law and has the title of a, being a senior advisor in the White House. And the interesting thing about Oscar, Oscar, it's now clear due to reporting by Mother Jones, has always had this affiliation with Josh Kushner, but for a long time, it was actually co-owned and controlled um, in the business sense by Jerry Kushner. So when the president makes this announcement that Google is going to make this website like this, there's already a public-facing website somewhere on the internet that resembles this site the president's describing, it's made by Oscar. And it's really just for Oscar customers. And it has a slightly narrowed scope. It focuses on the states where they sell health insurance plans, but it does exist. Okay. Um, we know that then in the days following the president's announcement, Oscar invests a lot of time in making a version of its risk assessment survey and testing site locator for the federal government. It makes a site that looks like it could be a US government site, that had it been presented to the public, had it gone up, it would have sat on a .gov domain name. It might've been coronavirustesting.gov, for instance. And it would have looked for all intents and purposes like a product of the federal government and of course a product of the Trump administration. Hmm. Let me back up. This is what I understand so far, if I can summarize. March 13th, Trump gives a press conference in the Rose Garden. Yes. He says, among other things, Google is working to build a site that will help screen your symptoms and direct you to a drive-through testing center or any kind of testing center near you. It 
soon becomes apparent that this is not true because Google says, uh, we're not doing that. Maybe he was talking about this other company that is through a parent company related to Google, but we're not doing anything. And then it kind of dies. Just the whole idea of the site dies, except you have found that while that whole idea just sort of dies and we all move on to other things, Trump's son-in-law's brother's health insurance company begins making a site in collaboration with the federal government to do exactly that. Yes, that's right. So what does that mean? It means a few things. Uh, the first is that it raises all sorts of ethical questions. Let's put it that way. Companies generally aren't supposed to work for free for the government. Why would Oscar want to donate help to the government independently? Well, Oscar, Oscar says that it uh, is concerned, you know, about the well-being of Americans. And it, and it was, um, you know, it wanted to help out in a time of crisis. And, you know, in its defense, it did seem to have a site like this up and running pretty early. In fact, before Trump made the announcement. So it's very conceivable that they were like, we already have this. Like, why not just make it into Scale the site yeah. since no one's working on it? Uh, I think that is I think that is one very conceivable possibility. Yeah. And I would say my reporting supports that possibility, among others. What are the other possibilities? I mean, what I'm getting at is it seems like, okay, there's some nefarious. You could imagine some nefarious scenarios, like smells a little fishy, but but... To what end? There's this thing in federal ethics law called the impartiality rule, which is basically that employees of the executive branch can't make a financial decision or can't make a decision, not only in which they um, may have a financial interest, but in which they appear to have a financial interest. And they also can't make a decision in which uh, a close relative has a financial interest. Um, well, aren't we like so far past that with the Trump administration? <laughs> well, I mean, that, it's not, this is not like the we first are time quite, something weird has happened, this is, right? Yes. We're, this is, as one expert told me, you know, the administration is one long violation of the impartiality rule. Right. So uh, what does it matter if we need a website, like, and well, the administration does family favors all the time? What does this matter? It, it, it continues to matter. Ethics continue to matter, Catherine. It, it, just because they've been abandoned <laughs> once doesn't mean every. And this is a particularly big deal because the insinuation or the concern among some people is that the major government site for the biggest crisis of our time has been contracted or just, you know, for whatever reason, being operated by a relatively small health insurance company that would not at all be the obvious choice uh, for who to do this. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I would say that the concern is that these two factors could come together. The Trump administration has mingled its family financial interests and its political interests and the public interests throughout the administration. Also, companies aren't supposed to work for free because we don't want the government to be beholden to free work from companies. I think, the you know, it's hard to um, overstate the importance of a website like this. In an emergency public health response, communication is so key. And if there's going to be one website where everyone goes to determine how our healthcare is allocated, as in, do you need to seek treatment or can you ride this out at home? And where should That's you right. go? And how do we avoid overloading our hospitals? And how do we avoid people dying at home? 
and how are we most clearly communicating what symptoms need to be prioritized when. You know, I can't think, it's hard to think of a higher stakes contract than for a website like this. So it's very concerning to me to hear that this might have, even might have been just something where you turned to whoever seemed available or you knew firsthand or that there was anything less than an extremely deliberate and competitive and and above board and transparent process to develop the best possible site we could. Um, That's right. And I would say, by the way, like, not only would that site need to be developed by the best people, need to be developed by firms with with a deep expertise in this. Um, boy, wouldn't it be great if we had a site like that? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if a site like that existed? And the end product of my reporting is that, you know, Trump said Google was working on a site like this. Google wasn't. Then Oscar started working on a site like this. Then the site was mysteriously scrapped. Uh, it didn't go through. Well, the site was never built, right? There is no federal government site like this. There's no coronavirustesting.gov. And it would be good if there was one. It would be. And so the the other effect was it didn't happen, right? Right. And so the end product of this whole mess is not only did the Trump administration do all these shady, possibly unethical things, uh, but we got an incompetent government response at the end of it. People weren't helped. Americans weren't helped at the end of it. To me, one of the big takeaways from this, all this reporting is, you know, look, look at the track record of our current leaders so far. And look at the track record of, of the, some of the people in the Trump administration leading the pandemic response effort. And then look at the, look at the outcomes, right? Like Jared Kushner, his first one of his first goals in the White House back in 2017 was to keep the U.S. in the Paris Agreement. The U.S. is not the Paris Agreement. Then one of his goals was to have peace in the Middle East and to work out this this deal between the Israelis and Palestinians. It didn't work. There's no. There's yeah, not that didn't right happen. We did, yeah. didn't didn't happen. And now he's leading part of a project at, uh, in the federal government to develop a website like this and to oversee part of the federal government coronavirus response. And guess what? We didn't get a website at the end of it. So leaders make things happen. A website did not happen at the end of this process, despite the family connection or because of it. Sobering. Yes, sobering, I guess. Thank you so much for for talking with us, Rob. Uh, It's been really, thank you for having me. It's been clarifying. And we'll talk to you again later on, hopefully. Yeah, I'd love to be back. Thank you. Okay, keep up the good work. Thank you. Stay healthy. If you go back to a month ago and you look at what could have happened to prevent us getting to the point where we are right now, a website like that mm-hmm. really would have been part, integral to a part of a great response. And we, it's because we don't have things like that that um, we just have to shut down and just shelter in place indefinitely because we don't know how long. And you've got to stay away from the hospital unless you are actively short of breath. Mm-hmm. Um you know, what, whatever the intent was, and I don't know, and I don't think Rob knows, whatever the intent was of turning to someone like Oscar to make this site, you know, after it had been announced that Google was making it, is the concern to me is that it just shows that we do not have a competent response. Mm-hmm. Whether you're turning to Oscar because you know people there, because you think they're good, um, they're a small health, care, health insurance company. 
they're not who would be leading our national response to a pandemic, a disaster, the tragedy of our era. And um, that was not handled well for whatever reason. And then the site still does not exist. Um, and we're so far behind the ball that it would be of minimal utility now. That is the problem here. And it is emblematic of a lot of what has happened. But what am I, citizen, supposed to... I mean... Yeah, it makes well, me want to throw informs, my hands up and be like, well. I think everyone is having a moment, hopefully, of reflect on what is the value of government in public health responses. What What is important and what sort of values make a response good and what sort of politicians embody those values and how. And the mm-hmm. most important thing in a moment like this is communication. You know, everyone says this um, you know, even when you're in these horrible rationing triage scenarios where people are being turned away from hospitals and like communication, 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 trust, you have to be able to believe what you're hearing. And if you've had the president saying Google is making a website and then the next minute Google says they're not, even if and a week, week later, later you, you no have website. Yahoo produced an, a huge, amazing website, that was, that's, that's a major scandal. So it's a doubly major, enormous problem when not only does Google say we, we weren't making that, but then the website never even, never even comes into existence. I mean, I think I keep asking for you to make me feel like I'm not going to throw up, but <laughs> it sounds like there's no way to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, these so. are just one of the many reasons that we are... That now you have, you know, last night, the president getting up there and saying it's going to be a rough two weeks. That's the point we're at. It's kind of we've devolved in a response from something that could have been really sophisticated, you know, to uh, buckle up. We're going over the cliff. I think this is the thing I'm taking away from this overall is we have, you know, I would like to believe that we have an extraordinarily competent federal government that can that is built to mitigate and deal with the problem of this nature the answer is you know at least at the highest levels we do not i'm sure there are many civil servants who are working their hardest to to help um but i think the thing i'm taking away is just uh you know look around you and take care of your community because there's not a deus ex machina coming from the from the federal government here yeah well, I don't speak French. <laughs> in uh, in Greek plays, <laughs> when things got really tricky, mm-hmm. at the end, God would just come from the sky and fix everything. Ah. Let's stop. Okay. Something happier tomorrow. Yeah, or just, yeah, something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This show is produced by Alvin Melleth and Kevin Townsend with help from Anna Waters and Jacqueline Landry. If you like the show, please help us get the word out and tell your friends about it. Um, And also, if you like it, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, You can also write us directly at socialdistance at theatlantic.com if you have a question or a comment. Talk tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh, oh. 
Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.